Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. Episode 173, we're just out of lockdown here in Sydney and everybody's having fun, busy and looking forward to the end of the year. I've got a fantastic show today. The topic of today's show is why small businesses are underutilizing video and what it takes to craft an evergreen experience with the one and only Ryan Fowler. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm terrific. Thanks for having me, Darren. Um, i very fitted. Your video setup there is superb. I can't fault it for one bit. Yeah, you wouldn't expect anything less from a guy that deals with video, Absolutely could you? Right. Believe me, put me to shame. <laughs> but um, legend. Now, for everyone out there, Ryan is the founder of Orion Media Group, working with small businesses to develop their video strategy to connect, engage, and grow relationships with customers in a sustainable and effective way. He's an experienced photographer and videographer that has worked in a wide range of industries, including the travel and tourism space, capturing destinations across Australia and the world. But his passion for helping business owners brought him back to create a framework that makes the strategy of video accessible to more people. Ryan also has a fantastic podcast, the Digital Approach Podcast. So definitely check that out. But Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. It's terrific to be here. Fantastic. Now, I'd love to know a little bit about your journey, because obviously I'm a photographer, but you've obviously got a video and photo background. So tell us a bit about how, you know, you got into this line of work and, and what kind of put you into the, took you to the next level of helping clients with their video. Absolutely. Well, it's it's always fun hearing a cre how a creative person got into their space, isn't it? I know that uh, most stories that I hear from creative people are all very different, but we all end up in the same place, which is really yeah. great. Yeah. So going into the photo and video business is certainly a choice that's more passion over profit. Yeah. Uh, it's not exactly <laughs> a industry you get into to be a, a millionaire in you know a year or something. <laughs> it's done for a passion and, and you start because you love it and then you learn the business side as you go. Yeah. Uh, as a child, I actually always loved business. I remember you know going around when I grew up in the UK uh, picking blackberries off the bushes out of the uh, front of the road and right. and uh, actually put, putting them in bags, going around, knocking on doors and selling them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a really fun one to do. And uh, it was kind of my first little introduction to business. That's how I'd get a bit of extra extra pocket money to go and buy more, I think, matchbox cars. Yeah. So you were an entrepreneur from a young cars. age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always been something that I've loved to do and, and both parents have certainly been a part of it. So when I came to Australia, I studied, well, actually I was in high school and I, while I was there, I studied a certificate three in business. And then once I finished at high school, I ended up going to real estate. I thought real estate, great. I'm going to go make my millions here and then I'll retire by the time I'm 25 or 30. <laughs> that was when I was 18. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I, I didn't really want to have to uh, work any more than 30 years of age. So I thought, yep. right, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> and then after 18 months, I completely burnt out and I had my own little breakdown. 
wow. which, yeah, I, I just remember sitting in a set of traffic lights, talking to my, uh, my late dad on the phone and I just completely broke down and knew that this was not the path that was going to give me any fulfillment. Yep. Uh, it was more of a selfish choice at that point. And I wanted to get into something that was going to allow me to be creative, do the things I really love to do and be able to help people in, in a way that, you know, gave me that sense of fulfillment as well. Nice. So I thought, right, that's it. I, I got home. I wrote a resignation letter next day, handed it in two weeks later. I was out. Wow. Didn't really have a business to go into. <laughs> uh, just basically got out. I was still living at home. So that was, that was helpful. That's lucky. Yeah, definitely. And and then I thought, okay, I'm going to start this business. And photography was kind of a hobby at that point. I was still going out on weekends and, you know, yeah. taking all the, the pretty landscape photos. And in the middle of the day, you'd take a photo of a bright pink flower or something. Yeah, as that, it is. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And you're never going to win an award for something like that. <laughs> um, although in just in saying that, I, I did actually manage to win an award for a panoramic image <laughs> of the night sky at, Mil at uh, Fingal Head, which is close by to where I'm, where oh, I'm living here. So that was a very different transition from one point to another. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, when I, when I left that job, I kind of, I started doing a few different things and I started a business in the digital marketing space mm -hmm. because I had done a lot of training. I'd been working in the background on my mum's business as well. And I'd been doing all of her automation building and construction for many years. So I was quite attuned to that kind of process and what needed to happen with it. So I thought, right, I'll start that. I'll see if I can do that for other people. And after about 12 months of doing that, I, I really started doing a lot more of the photography photography nice. side of it. And that's where it just evolved into the photography and video business that was six and a half years ago, roughly now. Wow. And it's evolved since then. Amazing. And it's fascinating that it generally happens, even for me, like I started off as a photographer, but I'm just dabbling into a little video these days because, you know, as we're going to chat about today, video is so powerful. It's the medium now. And everybody's asking for video. Everybody needs to know how to use video properly. Um, so I think it's, you know, as a creative, um, it's really important to kind of stretch yourself into that video space. Yeah, it's, it's an incredibly important step to take. And I do know that there are some photographers that really specialize just in the photography side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're very, very good at what they do. But then there's other photographers that are a bit more normal. <laughs> We're not, you know, super specialists in one specific area that we then take that evolution into video. But the thing that once I did that, the thing that really got my attention was that clients were coming to me and there was this consistent theme of questions all around how do I use the video and what do I do with it once it's done yeah. and where do I put it and what do I need to do with this? Or, you know, I'd get a phone call from as a referral from another client and they, and they'd say, right, I've been told that I need to talk to you yep. and I am doing this event or whatever it is. And I've been told I need to get video because I have to do that. And I have no idea what to do or what to create. Can you help me? So true. And you know what? It's fascinating you say that because, you know, obviously your training and your background in the digital marketing space, that all made sense to you as it does with me. But people say the same thing to me all the time. It's not so much about the video itself. It's what you do with it. It's like you have a website 
if nobody actually sees your website or if you don't drive anybody to your website, your website is just sitting there in the ether and nobody even sees it. And it's the same with video. It's how do you use it? How do you leverage it in the, in the, the space of social media nowadays, because it's such a powerful one, to let it do what it needs to do to drive you more business? Yeah, and that ev- that evolution of how you can take one piece of content mm-hmm. and break it into yes. six other pieces of content and the process behind that, like that's just one small part of what you can do with video. The, the opportunity is quite big. Absolutely. And even just for the audience out there, the whole reason why I started doing video for this podcast way, way, way ago when I started is because I knew how powerful video was going to be and how powerful it is to be able to give your podcast guest the recorded video because it's content for them. It's marketing content that you break up as you just mentioned. So let's jump into the, into the topic for today and tell us a bit more about why video is so powerful. Why is it so important? And where do you think it's going to go in the future? Great question. Uh, The similar to the conversation that we've just sort of been having is the, the opportunity for video and how you can use it is there. And there's so much flexibility that you've now got with it. Instead of just creating one video for one promotion in one place, Mm -hmm. it's more of a thought process behind it that says, okay, if I want to create this video, what can I do with it now? What's the intended purpose that I want to do with it? And then how can I use that now again and again and again and start to break that up? And the thing that I absolutely love about this and one of the things that I'm really passionate about is you're probably starting to <laughs> starting to hear through the microphone is how versatile it is that it's not limited to just one platform. Yep. So true. Beautiful. So true. It's, it's that piece of content that allows you to go and then break it down and smooth it out and tweak it and repurpose it. And then that becomes your source code for so many marketing campaigns in many, many, many different platforms. Yeah. And if, if you're a business owner, there's so much available with social media, as well as traditional media, yep. uh, online platforms, blogs, transcripts, you know, pulling still images. There's I, one of the things that I've got as part of a framework is called the content system, mm-hmm. which systems an acronym for share your story through every medium. Nice. Love and that. it's just a thought process behind trying to break down everything that you've created in the video aspect to start to utilize that and repurpose it. Love it. Now, I know that there's probably a lot of people thinking to themselves right now, and and that's why I'm going to ask this question because I get this all the time myself, is what happens if people aren't comfortable in front of the video? People don't like to see themselves. They freeze up when they're in front of the video. How do you go about that? That's a very common objection. (laughs) Uh, it's probably a similar thing with podcasting. You know, I hate my voice and (laughs) that kind of comment behind it. And it's one of those common objections that, you know, I'm, I'm confronted with as well. The, I, the best way to move past that is to keep practicing. I know that's the answer that everybody seems to give, but it really is the truth and reality of it is you need to put yourself in that situation to become more comfortable with it. Because if you don't, then you're going to keep restricting yourself and removing yourself from from that video element that could be a massive boost for your business. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, these days and moving forward, would you say that video is going to become even more powerful? I think 
the majority of what we what we're going to see in terms of content on social media is going to be video. Uh, no question. Yep. Video, whether it's pre-recorded or live streamed, yep. either way is going to be an incredibly important element moving forward. And not just locally, because obviously there are a lot of business owners and, and probably some of you listening are like this, mm-hmm. is you're thinking, okay, how could I use that locally or, or what's the opportunity there for it? To think bigger on that, video offers a global outreach very quickly. Yeah without borders and there's just so much opportunity that you can start to use it for that and offer a bit more scalability if you start to put the systems in place behind it as well and i've noticed you know in my own very very superficial looking at metrics on social media and whatever as soon as i put a good video up there it outdoes everything else by far it's just incredible how powerful how engaging video is because it's dynamic, it captures people's attention, use the right colors, the right branding. You know, if you're not going to embrace video, you're doing yourself a disservice. I would absolutely agree with that. You know, it has to be done. So in terms of, you know, your expertise, what do people do well and what do people, where do they make mistakes when it comes to using video marketing and video campaigns? There's a few common, there's quite a few common mistakes, but I just want to share three with you here. So one is that you're not talking to the right person. Mm -hmm. If you don't talk to the right person or you don't know who you're talking to, then the message will never land. And the advantages of what we're talking about here with video, you simply won't see them because it won't engage or connect with the right person. And if you are doing these videos that aren't really talking to the right person, usually they're off the cuff as well. So you think, right, I've got five minutes. I'm just going to go and film a little video over there in the corner and I'll just talk about something. What do I, what is my good expertise and what can I share with people? That's a very different thought process to what actually needs to happen because when you're creating content, especially content on purpose or uh, with the right attitude towards it, then you're going to be talking on a specific subject that's actually a problem or a pain point mm-hmm. for your ideal customer and your ideal avatar. Yep. So you have to really understand and do a deep dive into that before you strategize how you're going to create that video. Absolutely. You've got to know who you're going to be talking to. And there's you know, there's lots of templates online. You know, I've got my own templates. I'm sure that lots of other people have their own templates as well. And if you can get enough information and use that document, not just as a once off, it's like, oh, here, there, it's, it's my avatar. I'm going to talk to this person. It shouldn't be just a once off. It should be a living document. And as you find out more information, you build your audience, you engage with people, you start reading the analytics, yeah. you can start updating that. And you know, looking at comments, you can see people's language of what questions they're asking you or how, how to do this or how to do that. So it, it highlights some of their pain points and problems that you can then create answers to. Perfect. So the first one is the getting the audience right. Make sure you're targeting your video to the right audience. Second one is making sure you prepare and strategizing the actual content and what was the other one so number three is making your video a sales pitch mm-hmm. instead of value add okay because there, there's five stages in the customer journey and there's something yeah. as part of the framework i've created called 
that I'm calling the customer connection path. And it's how you can communicate with customers through the five stages of this path. Gotcha. And understanding where that person is at and what their thought process is means that you can make value add content that will answer their problem to help take them to the next step. Gotcha. And when you try to make a video that is too salesy, people will just switch it off. Yep. They don't have an interest in it. Yep. Yep. And instead of doing a sales pitch, make it a value add, add value to their lives. Give them something that they're going to appreciate spending their time on because people, as we know, appreciate time more so than anything. Absolutely. And so what would you say every now and again, it's okay to have a call to action on your video, but every now and again, give people pure value without any sales pitch. Well, I love the point that you've brought up a call to action because a call to action doesn't have to be a sales pitch. True. It simply has to be the next step. Yep. I like it. So if you're creating an awareness piece and instead of saying, go and buy this product, you could put a call to action, check out the website. It doesn't have True. to be, you have to buy this. It's just yep. simply the next step to take. Yep. Looking for more, here's a link. Free link to a free download of more information, whatever. That's exactly it. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's, you're helping people move through that journey, building trust along the way through video and through connection with video that then allows them to make a decision when they're ready. Exactly. And it's because it is such a personal connection on the platform yep. and whatever platform you're using it on, people are engaging with you in a way that almost feels like face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, and the kind of brings us to, brings me to that point of, you know, funnels. Everybody's using the sales funnel nowadays. Would you say that the video funnel is, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? And is it the same um, has that got the same strategy behind it or is there a little bit of a difference, a nuance? A video funnel has a similar premise behind it, except for the fact that traditional video funnels have always focused on the first three stages of the customer journey. So uh -huh. considerate or awareness, consideration and making the sale. Right. And you can do, you know, you can do all those parts in a single video if it's a long form piece of content. Yeah. But once people get through the conversion stage, they're left alone. Mm -hmm. It's left to human element, left to the human element. And there's always going to be that element of human error right there. You know, gotcha. we only have 24 hours in a day. And that, of course, can obviously be taken up by a lot of things that we have to do in our business as business owners. Yeah. So if something's left to the human element, then it can falter with all of that like, no, and trust factor that you've actually built on the front end. So you mean someone's actually gone to step three and purchased your service or product, and then it all just falls over from there because there's no follow-up, there's no hand-holding, there's no um, questions and answers, there's no feedback, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And course creators have understood this for a very long time in that when somebody purchases, they've gone through this, they've built all that no like, and trust factor. You know, sometimes that's been done through live presentations or uh, live webinars or something like that. You know, the old go-to webinar <laughs> yep. that uh, doesn't seem to be so existent anymore. That's been great. But then once they get the purchase and somebody has purchased, there's always that continual retention and that follow-up. 
that that strategy has kind of been more accessible to higher level businesses to this point where now because of the tools and everything that we have available, that can be brought into that business, that normal business owner level and applied to pretty much any industry. So it's using a similar concept in the video funnel, but in an authentic way and then creating an experience on the back end. And that's kind of where I get really passionate about. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the things that I absolutely love to talk about and I could probably talk about it for an hour. <laughs> me too. And I kind of I like the way you said that, creating an experience. For me, it's about how do I use video to create a community that is forever tied in with me and my product or service. It's not about just the transaction. It's about how do I tie my my community into my brand forever. That gives me further business, referrals, uh, upselling, whatever. You know, I think of it more from a branding community point of view than a pure, just a transaction. Yeah, and that's where video transfers from a marketing tool to a communication tool. Yep, I love it. Yep. And that's, that's probably where the biggest distinction in difference is because, you know, you've got all these people coming through. And if you've done it really well, the people will want to come through and want to engage with you and you're talking to the right person so that they're really connected to who you are. As you then go to create that experience, they're now past the paywall. It's you're allowed to deliver more value at this point. Exactly. Exactly. So in your first three stages, you've got a lot of the what, but not the how. Once you get to the value part and the exchange of value, so monetary exchange for what you deliver, then you can start to implement the how. And whether you're a service-based business, a product-based business, or a course or a trainer, there's so many opportunities that can be created. And I I just think video is so powerful these days. It can be used on so many things. And in the future, it'll probably be used on more things like, who knows, we'll be sending people videos of us responding to questions instead of sending people emails will be there'll be like they're ready there's a video on every single page on your website that talks about different things there's you know video will be everywhere yeah and that's that's how it's becoming a communication tool and actually i like your point of how you respond to people i know that i get a lot of messages through social media and dms and all that sort of stuff because i've, I've got the photography side of the business as well so i yeah. still get a lot of questions and a community base around that So if someone sends me a question, usually I'll respond with either an audio recording or a video, just a a simple little pick up the phone. There's a video. It's a personal connection. And that's, that's personally one of my favorite ways to connect with people and help to remove buyer's remorse. So when somebody purchases, especially if the price is bigger and the bigger the price, the the bigger the buyer's remorse, (laughs) simply sending a little genuine thank you or welcome video. Yep. If it's personalized or pre-recorded, if it's personalized, you can add the person's name and what they've purchased in there. Yeah. But that will give people that warm and fuzzy feeling and it'll really help reinforce the decision of what they've purchased. Absolutely. And if you can do that well, your the power that you have to build brand in perpetuity is incredible. People will always remember because you've transcended just that transactional relationship um, persona. You become, you know, you've you've bridged the gap through video, and you're now giving someone an insight into who you are as a person, 
you know, and it's so much more powerful. So I think video is so powerful for so many reasons. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And um, I think everybody out there really has to embrace video moving forward because you, you don't have a choice. Yeah, it's really unquestionable at this point. Yep, you do not have a choice. <laughs> now, what about, um, you know, evergreen content? You know, everybody's always saying, great, I've got my one video, I've got my one piece of content. In particular, well, let's gear this to, towards video. But how long can you use the same video? How long, how long before you, you better upgrade it or change it? Or, you know, is there a point where it gets stale and people get sick of it? Or can you use it for five years? Not really. That's kind of the point of evergreen. And I'm a huge fan of evergreen content in any form. Okay. But bringing it to bringing it specifically to video is let's just use YouTube as an example. Yeah. YouTube is, of course, a social network where you can build an audience and connect with people and engage and comment and do all these things. But its primary function is a search engine. It's the second largest search engine in the world. Yeah. You know, it's so tightly linked to Google for obvious reasons. It's yep. it's owned by Google. Yep. And through that, if you've got the right tagging strategy, keywords, titles, SEO, all of that sort of stuff, it all applies to YouTube as well. Yeah. And as you start to do that and build a library, you've got a library of evergreen content that will continually bring traffic and new people coming through for you. Now, if people are watching those videos and, you know, occasionally you'll get ones that just hit that skyrocketing peak and move yeah. and, and really just generate traction, you know, hit the YouTube suggested video area, which is a great one to get so many people coming through. But if you've got a call to action at the end of that, and it's simply a next step, then you can take people from awareness to consideration by saying, if you like this content, you'll love this masterclass that we've got. Or you'll love this series of brand new recipes if you're a if you're a home cook yep. that can then upsell into something else. So it starts to create a, a a video funnel in an authentic way that you can then continually build on to build this experience in an evergreen way for people. Yeah, so true, so true. I think so. In other words, evergreen by definition is something that you can use for a long time, and as long as it, I suppose you just got to keep tweaking the audience in a way, because if the audience, the same audience is seeing the same video for a year or two, maybe you should really recycle it or change it. But I suppose if it's a new audience, it's just a new piece of content to them. Yeah. Well, depending on who your audience is, you can get that uh, audience recycle happening. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you grow by 10,000 people in That's a year, yep. but you drop off 2000. They might've joined two years ago. So true. So, you've still got that same content, but then you've still got the regular flow of people still coming through that were similar to those people two years ago that have now dropped off. That's right. So, so it's that continual audience. movement of people. Yep. Yeah. You a fresh audience all the time. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And if people are going through those regular stages, they'll keep relating to it no matter, you know, for probably the next 10 years. Yep. They'll say, okay, I'm at this point, I don't need that anymore. But the person down here will come in and say, right, I need this. This is my next step to get to where this person is. Yeah, so true. And I mean, and does video have to be expensive? No, definitely not. Definitely not. It's so this, the opportunity for it now is that especially with things like the iPhone 13 being mm. released, it has more features than most entry level cameras at this Incredible, point. Incredible, really? It really is phenomenal. There's you know, the opportunity to film 4K 60 frames per second video 
which I know that that's probably a little technical for some people listening, but essentially that's the type of footage that you can start to slow down and create a little bit of that buttery slow motion, which is always nice to add into a video. That's built into the iPhones. I'm pretty sure it's built into the, since the iPhone 8. Incredible. And most entry-level cameras can't even do that. I mean, I, I know a lot of people that specialize in video with iPhones and, you know, they have all the, the gimbals and all that type of stuff for the iPhone. And it's phenomenal what they produce. It it's really is. Incredible. It really is. And there's, there's this rise of influences and there has been for several yeah. years. I'm, I'm friends with a few. I've done some micro-influencing work myself. Yep. And they've built their entire living off a smartphone camera. Wow. in a lot of cases mm-hmm. and a there's been this <laughs> yeah exactly they've got this this iphone or you know smartphone of some kind they've got a tiny little audio thing they've got a, a tripod that you can probably get for you know 50 dollars off amazon to start with and then yep. you upgrade as you go and they've built an entire business around that mm-hmm. and now in the industry there's this trend of moving away from the highly polished stuff yeah back to more of that realism this is who I am with a little bit of polishing, of course. That's always nice to add in there. But so. it's got to follow and flow with a storyline and tell the story of what you want to convey. Yep, love it. So, Ryan, tell us a bit more about how you work and what you do exactly so people can really understand, um, you know, what your specialty is and how they can find you if they want to. Absolutely. Well, my specialty is the strategy of video. That's mm-hmm. kind of the space that I've evolved into and seeing that need from clients, it's, it's something I've put a lot of time, research and energy into to create this framework of being able to walk people through it and then guide on each of the different structures. So the real strategy of video is there and helping and guiding throughout that entire process. So you don't have to create all of your video all at once, but it can be a gradual process, just working priority by priority. Yeah, nice. And do you work with, excuse me, you work with other videographers that you engage to do the actual filming or do you just work, just strategize with the client and say, off you go. No. So I, I can obviously still do video myself as well, but uh, that's fairly limited to around where I'm living. But yes, there is a, a network of videographers around, around the place that can be contacted to actually do the different, different shoots if needed. Awesome. And do you work in any particular niches? Do you find you tend to work in any particular specialties that seem to mm. use your services? Not really, not not right now. Uh, a lot of e-commerce as mm. uh, is a good opportunity to yeah. really grow into. Um, and I might just sidestep with a quick little story yeah. here. Yeah, is as part of the photography business. So if you Google Ryan Fowler, you'll probably find Ryan Fowler Photography come up because yeah. that's the most original name I could think of at the time. <laughs> and in that side of the business, that's kind of evolved into more of a training space for photographers now, but it also runs an e-commerce store that hosts over 500 products. Well, so as, as that's kind of grown and I've, I've used the products and I sell them because I, I believe in them. I've started, I started to find that, and this kind of gives a good example of an evergreen experience almost is that as customers would come in, they'd buy these filters and these are the glass filters that sit in front of cameras. So they buy these filters and they would get them and they'd be great and they'd love them. And and then, you know, I'd see them two months later and they'd be using it backwards and upside down. So no offense to them, but there's, there wasn't any training or anything around (laughs) that space of how to use it properly. Yeah. 
So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to create a series of videos in this particular space. Fantastic. And that's where I've gone, okay, well, how do you use these filters properly? And then I broke down every single filter, put that through automated sequences, and now it's sent to build a customer experience from an e-commerce perspective. Wow, okay, that's fantastic. And it's always geared towards um, training on video and photo as well? Uh, so mostly training on photography for photographers. Gotcha. Um, whereas Orion Media Group is more so tailored to the business market and, and helping business owners really nice. implement this strategy. And I've got to ask just for all the techies out there, what, what's your uh, brand of choice? Is it Nikon, a, Sony, Canon? No, I'm definitely not Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, Canon R5 user. Oh, Very okay. proud. I was one of the first in the country to get one in... 2020. No. Nice. Uh, first of August, it arrived on the door. I now own two, and go. they have been absolute workhorses. Oh, fantastic! I'm a Nikon and a Fuji guy. I was former Fuji. Yep. Former Fuji. I I do love the system, but I just had to go back to Canon with that back R5. To it was too. Uh, it was too tempting. Fantastic, man. And so now, tell us about your podcast. I hear that you have a podcast that's just launched. Tell us. I a bit do. About it's your brand podcast. new. Still a baby podcast, but it's getting there. Yeah. Released episode three today, so hey. it is still very fresh. Nice. The whole idea of it was to help inspired business owners remove the overwhelm from marketing in the digital space. Nice, great. Yeah, and it came about simply because of kind of what we've been talking about here. In there's so many opportunities now with the technology that's out there, the available tools that when you start to look into it, it can, it can be really overwhelming and trying to build your own tech stack and figure out how this works and that, and, oh, that strategy looks good, or I'll try this one. I really wanted to help remove that overwhelm so that business owners could just find the things that they really found useful and that worked, Yeah, put that into practice and start using it in their business. Awesome. And so your podcast is all about how to help people utilize video and you got to have different guests. Yeah. So it's a guest interview podcast and it's not specifically about video. It's all, okay. it's more broad spectrum on right. working in the digital space. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I mean, and that's, you know, in itself, the digital space is just mind blowing, you know, even from a, an audio point of view, there's video, there's audio, there's graphic. I mean, the amount of software and the amount of tools that you have to get your head around, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger every day. It's crazy. There is just a ridiculous number of tools. There's something like 50 new software tools being released a day or something. Oh, where do you even start? I agree. Crazy stuff. We started that's, the podcast. That's why, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Started the podcast and you learn. Absolutely. And that's why as techies, you know, we like to just get involved with all these things and we like to learn and kind of play with everything as we go. But I agree with you. I think podcasting is an incredible, um, incredible um, tool, an incredible platform, and it allows you to utilize video and gives you endless video content when you record podcasts in video form. So anybody there that's thinking of starting a podcast, I would highly recommend it. Definitely use it in video. And that actually brings me to a question that I was going to ask you earlier is some people ask me, what's the best um, place to host your video? Is it YouTube? Is it Vimeo? There's so many others. Where is it? What, what are your suggestions on that? 
Uh, that's a that's a very good question, um, and one that I've been asked a lot as well. Mm. And the answer is always that I tell people or I ask first, what's the purpose of the video and what are you going to use it for? So something like YouTube, like we said before, it's a search engine. It gives you the opportunity to reach a potential of millions of people. Like there's 2.3 billion active users. That's almost a third of the planet on YouTube every single month. It's nuts. (laughs) It's huge. So it gives you a massive opportunity for reach. But if you go to embed a YouTube video into your website that you wanted to read the analytics from, but you didn't want to show ads on the end of it, Uh then you want to go to something like Vimeo or Wistia. Uh Uh-huh. Gotcha. Is Wistia still around? Wistia is still around. Yeah, I remember that from years back. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of surprised when I started delving back into this. Well, Wistia is still there. Hang Wistia on a minute. Wistia is still there. there yeah. I love it. The and great suppose... thing about it is they, they have a lot of analytics, though. Yep. They really do start to give you a good breakdown of where people are watching to on your video. So it's a good way to implement stuff that you want great analytics for. Yep. And I think things like Vimeo even give you certain functionality that you might not get with YouTube because you don't need it. But for example, correct me if I'm wrong. If you're creating a community and you want kind of like a membership-based um, subscription model where people can pay once and then go to your personal area where you can offer them all these videos, you can do that with uh, Squarespace. You can do that with Vimeo. You can't necessarily do that with YouTube. No, YouTube is a very public platform mm-hmm. and they want to keep it a public open platform. Yep. So you can do unlisted videos on YouTube, but the unfortunate point is they're still shareable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think anybody that's looking for that subscription-based model with their video, probably better try something like some of those other platforms. Yeah. Love it. Well, Ryan, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been phenomenal. I'd love you to tell us how we can find you, how the audience can find you and, and work with you if, you, if they want to. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. It's great to have, uh, have, have been here. So if you wanted to track me down on, on the interwebs, the website is Orion Media Group, or orionmedia.group. It's pretty good for branding. No.com, no.au, nothing like that. So just orionmedia.group and you'll find me and the podcast and all that sort of stuff over there. All from there. Fantastic, mate. Well, once again, really appreciate coming on the show. I hope everybody's got a lot of value about that, about video. And if you're looking to really understand, to put together a strategy for your video marketing, talk to Ryan because he's a wealth of knowledge in this area and you can see that he's extremely passionate about what he does. Um, And I always like to give my guests the last word. So what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe a couple of tips that people can use in their video or just your thoughts in general? The floor is yours. Okay, so the... The one tip, if I could give you one tip right now, it would be to create intentionally and with a plan. If you're not doing video yet, create a plan first. If you are doing video already and it's not working, go back to the drawing board, figure out who you're talking to and create intentionally. I love it. What's that saying? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Is that right? That's exactly it. So true. I mean, it it makes perfect sense because... You know, it's easy just to grab your phone and say, all right, let's just do a video. And then you just start talking and rambling on and, you know, you end up going to do a lot of editing. But if you just plan, take a, take five, 10 minutes or half an hour, plan what you want to do, practice it a few times, role play it. 
when you actually do it and you execute it, you'll have a better product in the end. Absolutely. So planning is so important. But uh, Ryan, a real pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back soon for episode 174 and hopefully get a few more in before the end of the year. So this is Darren Saul from Suspended Animation and Ryan Fowler signing off. We'll see you very, very soon.